Good evening and welcome to Music, Movies and Madness. And uh, my name is Ian, I am this evening's host for the show. It's uh, the King's birthday. So thank you Charlie for the day off. <laughs> and um, at the royal table this evening we have uh, David Chan. You alright? Kia ora. We have Martin Gallia. Hey, hey. How are we going? Hey. And Glenn Thurston is being a slacker, as usual, arriving late. Yep. Does it to us every time. Yep. Makes an entrance. Um, mm. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're going to have to sort this out. But uh, 2018 is the year that we've that I have picked for us boys to have a little review this time. And oh, I have a question for you. Oh, yeah. Why? <laughs> oh, well, it's a good, it's a good question, isn't it? We've run out yeah. of years. <laughs> horrible year. Oh, it's an interesting year. Yeah. It all shall be revealed when I do my review. I'll tell you. Okay. But um, it was, a, it was an interesting year. It's not that long ago. Is it uh, f- five years? And uh, I had a look on Google at what was going on at the time. Blah. Putin was being bad. Trump was being naughty. Meghan Markle was being naughty. Everyone was up to a little bit of mischief, weren't they? Um, but on a more positive note, uh, in 2018, uh, K-pop officially went global. Um, you guys K-popping? Yeah, nah. I'm more of a Canto pop sort of fella. Canto pop? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I was into Canto pop 15 years ago, mate. So I've been there, done that. Favorite Canto Pop album? Um, <laughs> probably Show Up by Joey Young from Hong Kong. Okay. Didn't think I was going to answer that, did you? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you totally showed me, didn't you? The thing <sighs> is, right, I don't understand a word of what they're on about, but, but no. it sounds good and mm. kind of liked it back then, but. Now, no. I haven't played any of those discs for many, many years. Yeah. Martin, you K-pop, K-pop man? Or? No, I'm not. But it just reminded me of a story. Um, a few years ago, I went on a songwriting course, and the guy that was running it, he'd had a few successes. He'd, he'd written a song for Britney Spears and one for the, the Backstreet Boys. Um, and the Backstreet Boys song had basically paid for his house in Malibu. And, you know, he was he was doing all right. He was doing all right. And um, he tried to break in, into the Japanese market and uh, he'd written a song. He was really, really pleased with it. He'd spent like months on it, getting the lyrics just perfect, getting it all spot on. Sent it over to the record execs in, in Japan who promptly took it and said, that's great. Um, we're just going to kind of like Japanese it a bit and do some stuff with it. And he was like, yeah, okay, you know, I don't care about the arrangement, do what you want, you know. Um, so they took the song threw it through Google Translate to turn it into Japanese and then threw it through Google Translate again and turned it back into English. So at the time he got it back, it was like, it just wasn't a song at all. Completely changed the lyrics, made no sense at all. Number one, went to number one. So that, brought his, house, that brought his house in Hawaii. <laughs> Amazing. And people like me yeah. make people like him rich. There you go. <laughs> He's thanking you right now, Dave. 2018, um, we had some of the biggest food trends in New Zealand going on. I don't know if you're aware of it, but uh, 2018 was the time of the flexitarian. So, you know, you can sort of basically eat anything just like you did anyway, really. But uh, they... Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's a label. It's another label. It's an actual thing, Mm -hmm. like flexitarian. Like you can just... Yeah. It's just like you can eat anything. Yeah. You're flexible. I love it. You know. There's a you, name for just like yeah. what used to be normal, but normal is quite offensive now. So we call, yeah. we call you can it. never have too many labels. I think the more labels, the better. Uh, dude food. Dude food was a thing. Um, this is What's your. dude food? <laughs> yeah. Do, you've, you've probably had it and not been aware of it. Dude food right. is, um, is, your, is your typical snack sort of deep fried teriyaki chicken uh, finger foods that they're bringing back into the pubs. You know, you buy a dish of that and a dish of that and a dish of this. You share it with the dudes. Right. So, again, another label. Um, healthy snacks, blah, blah, blah. Plant-based proteins. Oh, cookies made a comeback. 
So the cookie, but, the humble but cookie. Did the dog go away? Well, I think they got a little bit um, outdone by the donut. So. Oh, when was the when was the cronut? Because the cronut must have been about about then, wasn't it? Well, that's a good question. When was the cronut? We'll we'll we'll, we'll Google that as the show progresses <laughs> or digresses. <laughs> hey, listen, we're going to start. We're going to start now. Talk about some real stuff, which is uh, the movies and the music, and uh, we're going to go in. Reverse alphabetical order, I think. So, I think we'll start with Martin. He's got the last, the M. Uh, oh, okay. Is that right? Yeah. So, yeah. I think we'll start with the movies. Are you good with the movies, man? I'm good to do movies. Yeah, sure. Great. Um, so the movie that I, I chose, um, bombed, big time. It, um, it totally bombed at the box office. Um, lost a hundred million dollars. Wow! Did it? It did. Wow. And uh, the reason I've chosen this movie is because I'm in it. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was uh, I love a bit of self-indulgence. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So like yeah. most things in my life, like they, everything kind of crashes and burns. Like once I've kind of touched it, you know. So uh, now, um, uh, the movie's called Mortal Engines. You seen that? You ever seen it? Yes, I have seen it. Yeah. So it was. It was not directed by Peter Jackson, which is another common misconception about it. It was actually produced by Peter Jackson, but he didn't direct it. Somebody else did. And um, yeah, it's basically, it's it's um, an adaption of like a set of, of teenage, young adult fiction books, science fiction books in, in the world, which is post-apocalyptic. So it, we've had the like the nuclear war and um, the, the world is basically divided off into cities and these cities have basically become mobile. So they get their own wheels. Mm. And uh, so London is on wheels and, and uh, you know, Berlin is on wheels and, and they basically kind of roam across like the scorched earth looking for other cities to basically take over and still all their, all the parts of the city to kind of beef up their own city to make it bigger. Basically. I can't see um, how this would flop. Yeah. Well, I really, the... I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great movie, actually. It was, it was fun. I mean, it, it has... hang on, cities on wheels, a city on wheels, cities on wheels, yeah, going mm. around cannibalizing other cities. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, well, originality. Yeah. It, well, yeah, and then you say that, but then in the movie adaptation, the originality kind of went out the window because, like, if you, if you, I'm really sure if you played like a New Hope, Star Wars, a New Hope. The last twenty minutes of that, at the same time you play the last twenty minutes of this film, it's pretty much identical. Uh, it's basically mm. like, well, well, we're going to do a dogfight and a, and a raid on like a, a trench going through like a big battle station type thing, and um, yeah, it, it kind of lost the plot a little bit at the end of the movie. Um, what, what was your uh, part? What was your part, Martin? Uh, I had a really glamorous role. I played somebody called a gut worker. <laughs> You were the gut worker. I was a gut worker. <laughs> so a gut, the gut was was referring to like the guts of, of the city. So oh. it was basically like boiler and like in the in the boiler room kind of thing. And, and kind you of didn't get you didn't get the kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, you didn't get given the part because you had a a gut, a big a, a big gut. Like, <laughs> much well, of a gut. <laughs> we're looking for people with guts. <laughs> no. You're looking well yeah, at the moment, actually. I think you've lost a bit of weight. Yeah. Really? That's the beard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, um, I think um, they were looking for somebody, you know, slightly rough and ready. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have no idea why I got chosen for part. I just remember um, I spent six days on set and oh, yeah. um, it, uh, I'm on screen for... Oh, must be two seconds so yeah that was quite that was almost my record so that was quite good um but i did spend an entire day drinking beer um standing in the background at a pub at like a bar oh. in, in one of the scenes um Beautiful. unfortunately unfortunately it was all uh non-alcoholic and oh. it was lukewarm oh. um, but 
point we got to like, you know, take 46 and we were like four pints of this stuff in, absolutely bursting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so needed the loo. <laughs> uh, and like, wasn't happening. So, it's, you know, so as the, as the takes went on, I think all three of us who were standing at the bar kind of got more and more cross-legged and sort of like, you know, <laughs> it, it, it got a bit. So the gut probably was a lot bigger by the end of the shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, it starred, um, who did it start? Hugo Weaving, the chap out of the Matrix and Lord of the Rings and stuff. He was in it. And, um, and some young'uns and um, a few, it was uh, filmed in Wellington. So it was a New Zealand mm -hmm. made movie. Yep. That's right. um, yeah. And I think the problem with it, the reason why it bombed so hard was the movie studio just didn't know how the hell to market it. They didn't, they were just completely lost. And so I think in terms of like the promotion that they did on it, they did bugger all really. I think they kind of promoted it for like a week with some, some like trailer bits on TV and stuff. Um, and that was it because they just didn't know what to do with it. You know, um, the book series actually was, is very, very popular. Mm. And um, I think there were like five, five books in the series. So I think the plan was they worked, they did want to turn it into like a franchise, you know, and, and kind of carry it on. But um, it was not to be. Not that. Not be. <clears throat> yeah. Not that time. Mm. Yeah. So that's my movie. Mortal Engines. That's good. Mortal yeah, nice Enemies. Engines. engines mortal engines yeah yes like a thomas the tank engine yeah. but he's mortal okay yeah check that out <laughs> and we have a we have our uh glenn has arrived to the royal Hello. Sorry, table good day mate Hello. all right and all right? um i hope you're prepared because you're next up all right are you I good have... with your movie yeah, I, I am actually. Good. I've got New Zealand's best-selling sort of movie for that year, 2018, oh. and that is The Breaker Uppers. The Breaker Uppers. Um, and I'm not sure if you guys have seen this film before. No. Okay. Yes. You have? You have? Yep. All right, cool. So I've picked a comedy, um, and it's a comedy that's um, – Written and directed by Madeline Sami and Jackie Van Beek. And these guys are sort of, you know, a bit of New Zealand royalty and when it comes to um, comic actors. Um, and effectively, uh, I think, I think um, Taika was actually involved in the production of it as well in terms of executive producer. So it's got that really dry sort of New Zealand sort of humour um, and I think it's an absolute winner of a film, and obviously the box office said so as well. So it follows two characters, Mel and Jen, and after some disastrous sort of breakups, they decide to um, create an agency that helps you break up with people so you don't have to do it yourself. Um, <laughs> you know, let's get rid of that unpleasantness and they'll do the job for you. Um, and there's some general rules around not getting involved with your clients. Although I think one of them breaks that rule quite early in the film. Um, it's basically women, um, you know, these characters. Obviously, it's an ethically dubious sort of line of work, um, helping people break up with people. Um, and obviously, there's a range of comedic sort of moments that sort of follow their journey and their friendship. And then, you know, the usual sort of thing. It's quite a lightweight film you know, ups and downs and then a triumphant sort of an ending as well. Um, but the two leads are brilliant, Madeline and um, Jackie. I mean, they're absolutely phenomenal in the role. Um, so just to see that chemistry between those two mm. interacting with each other is wonderful. Yeah, mm. it's a great film. Really, really good. I enjoyed it immensely. What's it called again? Uh, the Breaker Uppers. The Breaker Uppers. There you go. Yeah, That's one to watch. Think, never yeah, heard it of is. Yeah. You've never heard of it? Nope. Yeah, The Breaker Upper Uppers. Mm. Yes, The Breaker Upper Uppers. Hard to say, but mm. um, well worth um, checking Fun out. I mean, it is, yeah, it really is quite quite wrong in places, um, but it's nice to see what I would describe as sort of women behaving badly and and getting themselves into sort of precarious positions. Um, Again, and not what really you're thinking, fun. Ian, different genre. 
<laughs> yes, yes, exactly. I'm um, not that Martin, guy. I'm not that guy. Martin, <laughs> you've seen this. What did you think of it? Yeah, it was uh, quite a while ago. I think I actually saw it on TV. Uh, it was on like one weekend or something. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty funny. It's definitely got some real kind of like laugh out loud moments in it. And you're right. No, it's, it's... it's one of those films where you end up kind of watching a lot of it through like your fingers. Cause it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh my God, no, uh, no, 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 don't do that. No, not that. No. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, it's, it's good fun. Oh, yeah, that and sounds you... like a definite watch. It is yeah. a definite watch. I think um, it's definitely got that, you know, that very dry sort of New Zealand sense of humor. Um, mm. Yeah. Particularly Jackie. Um, right. Uh, yeah, I think it is. It's just so funny. Yep. Awesome, man. Thank you, mate. David Chan, how did you get on with 2018 with your movies? Well, 2018 took me back to the mid-90s, Ian. Oh. And in okay. fact, that's the film that I reviewed, mid-90s. Okay. Came out in 2018. Filmed ah. by um, um, one Jonah Hill, who's a sort of comedic actor. Um, he's done stuff in wolf of wool wall street which got him an academy award nomination he was in super bad 21 jump street um and in 2018 made his um debut as a writer and uh director for this coming of age film called mid 90s um any of you seen it no i had to jump onto youtube and pay them a little bit of money to get a rented copy for a few days and because uh, it was really hard to find um it was on amazon prime many many moons ago but uh they've obviously taken it off um and what it is it's about a um it's, it's a coming of age film and you've got a 13 year old lead ca- lead character called stevie living in la with his abusive and borderline psychopathic older brother ian and the single mother, Dabney. Um, his mother looks not much older than him. So he's got a pretty shit home life, right? Um, with his older brother beating the living crap out of him. And his mum's got men sort of coming and going in the house day to day. It's not a very nice place. So he um, he finds refuge in a... Um, well, he's, one day he's biking past um, the Motor Avenue skate shop and admires the boastful camaraderie of the skateboarders outside. And he returns the following day. Um, there's a group of kids there. They're a bit older than him. The leader's called Ray. There's a loud mouth called fuck shit. There's, <laughs> there's the quiet one called fourth grade because he's 16 and he's got the brain of a fourth grader. <laughs> um, and um, and he's given, he sort of joins this gang of street kids, basically, skaters. I think skaters were a thing in the 90s, weren't they? Yeah, totally. Um, uh, yeah, they were. Hmm. They were. Um, they still are. They still are. Are they? Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. They never went away. He um he he basically um finds um you know family out in the streets sort of thing and it, it it's it's an interesting flick because it doesn't really it's a slice of life so it doesn't it doesn't have a start it doesn't have an ending it, it really is just a a point in time you get a bit of a visual on this kid's um shitty home life and uh and and sort of through his eyes you see you know why he would take a shine into these kids uh and they take shining back to him they give him a minute they give him a nickname called sunburn um i'm not quite sure why but uh there's another kid in the group ruben who's the second youngest um so he's about i think about 15 or something this kid ruben who who resents the fact that stevie the lead character 13 year old has sort of joined the gang and and um and Stevie's quite um he's quite a tough kid. So he he gets into some real uh painful sort of he falls off a bloody a roof on a building while trying to skateboard trick and does a few other things which basically most kids would probably give up, but he decides he just sort of falls down and gets back up again. And the older kids love that in him and uh and this other kid Ruben. And it's the typical sort of jealousy and sort of thing comes through. And it's it's a um I won't give away the the ending because I definitely think it's worth watching. Um, it kind of um, had mixed reviews when it when it came out. Um, you either you either love the fact that it's a bit quirky and a bit um, it doesn't have a an ending that resolves to something that 
can you know set your mind at ease you kind of left wondering well what what there's all these plot points that are kind of unresolved um is it hard to watch or is it an easy watch it's an easy watch there was one part which i was was a bit iffy with um when he he's 13 right and and the older kids take him to some parties and then he hooks up with a a girl who must be about 17 or 18 and and it's his first sort of sexual experience and that's a bit hard to watch eh? because it's like it's almost a bit a bit weird you know and Mm. and he and and the kid the the lead actor doesn't i mean the acting in this is superb if you want to see really good um acting um especially from younger actors um playing you know kids in the kids in the 90s basically us guys mm. i mean it's kind of it's kind of set in our time and i mean jonah hill does a great time great job of sort of um uh setting the backdrop of the 90s and you'll recognize so many throwbacks and even the music and everything in fact the music in this the soundtrack is astonishingly good um mm. you've got trent reznor and uh Atticus ross um did the original score uh, you've got the Pixies, Morrissey, Herbie Hancock, Mamas and the Papas, you know, so it's just, yeah, it's got a, a really good soundtrack. Um, there's a really good clip where they're skateboarding down the middle of the road, right in the middle of traffic, and you've got Morrissey's song blaring out. And it's, it's just great. It just sets the scene. Um, yeah, I, I, I quite liked it. Um, a lot of critics thought it was um, a bit shallow and didn't go far enough to develop the characters. Uh I thought in the time that they he had in that, I think he did a good enough job. But yeah, um, if you get a chance to see it on any of the services and that, yeah, definitely uh, mid nineties by Jonah Hill. That's what it's called, mid nineties. Yeah, it's called mid nineties. Mm. Oh yeah, okay. Sounds yep. like an interesting watch. Yep. Hmm. Thank you, David. Cool. Um, that leaves myself, and I chose to watch. I quite like the movies of 2018. I thought there were some good ones. but um, And I found one that I hadn't seen, which was called The Green Book. And I really enjoyed it. It was a really, really good movie, actually. It's got a quite a high IMDb rating, 8.2 out of 10. It's a movie that's uh, based on... It's a comedy drama uh, kind of movie. It's based on a guy called Dr. Don Shirley. He was a world-class African-American pianist. And he's going to embark on a tour, a concert in the Deep South. And it's set in the early 60s. And um, he meets a guy who becomes his protector and driver. And it it sort of takes you through uh, Don Shirley's life, you know, but has been a complete genius on a piano. And... Um, yeah, he's got this sort of sidekick guy that he hires. They become very good friends, and it it sort of touches on the sort of uh, racial segregation and stuff that he had to deal with. And he was also gay, so it touched a little bit on that as well. So this guy had a pretty tough time. Um, the movie's good. It's really light-hearted. There's some nice, funny bits in there. There's some laugh out laugh out loud bits in there. I found myself having a chuckle. Um, the Green Book is actually uh it's, it was a book that they uh printed in the early 60s which listed all the places that black musicians were allowed to stay i mean i hate that shit, you know but it's uh it was something that went on mm. and um yeah they've done a good job of the movie there's there's a lot they touch on a lot in the movie but i think the um afterwards i went and actually checked out dr don Shirley on YouTube and how he plays and his actual stuff and oh my goodness gracious me if you want to hear like uh, uh what are they called virtuoso you want to get here a virtuoso go and listen to that guy far out it will blow your nuts off um and that was my review yeah definitely with watch the green book cool hmm so that runs um we'll just carry on let's just keep rocking we're in 2018 and we're now going to uh do our music reviews and we'll do this in the same order i feel so martin if you'd do us the honors please 
Absolutely, yeah. Um, so I go on with a blues album. Um, I haven't done many blues albums, actually. Um, but I am a fan of the blues. I do like the blues. Um, yeah, um, so I've chosen, I've chosen an album. Uh, it's a duet album, actually, uh, a crossover album, and it's Beth Hart. I don't know if you know Beth Hart. Um, she's an incredible vocalist. Um, has the rawest, growliest, most yeah rough and ready voice that you'll ever ever hear um in fact she does a, a cover of tina on this uh, which is part of the reason why i chose it and um mm. she does it justice yeah we'll just say that um so in fact let's, let's just play a bit of that so the album's called black coffee and um and, and i'm gonna play you a bit of that title track now so this is this is black coffee yeah um so it's joe bonamassa on um, on guitar uh, is a, an amazing guitarist, uh, blues guitarist, um, who's still relatively young. He's in his forties, I think, um, mm. just early forties, and um, he's younger than us. And um, he's, he's up to like eight million albums now for a blues artist. That's pretty crazy in terms of sales. You know, um, he's constantly on the road, um, tours probably ten months of the year, and spends the other two months recording his next album. And it's just an endless cycle. He just that's his, his product. Uh, but he is um, he's self-produced, um, um, I think, mostly now. And um, he's independent as well. doesn't have a record label. Releases all the stuff himself. Um, basically, built that business model up himself and uh, has had a really successful run from it. Yeah. So here we go. Yeah, this is, uh, this is Black Coffee. Coffee, sit down and <laughs> put a bit of Tina oh. Turner on. <laughs> you, could, you could listen to that all day long, couldn't she you? Sounds really? like Tina, doesn't she? She's got that rasp. Yeah. She's um she's yeah, she's got an incredibly powerful voice as well. Um mm. her most recent album out, she was an album of Zeppelin covers, and she sounds more like Robert Plant than Robert Plant does in that question. It's quite aggressive, yeah. Um she's got a heck of a set of pipes on her. She had quite a, a rough time. She was um, an alcoholic. She was a drug addict, addict for many years. Um, and um, I think through her like recovery and um, she's been like very brutally honest about that whole situation um, and her struggles. And it definitely comes through in the music and, and the way that she sings. She's very, if you can hear, you know, she's quite a passionate singer. Doesn't really hold much back. Um, and um, Yes, it's it's quite a, that as I say that roughness and that rawness to it. It just it's kind of really refreshing to hear a, a female vocalist singing like that these days. Yeah. Um, so the next one's a bit more upbeat. I've got for you. This one's called Saved. Um, by the way, this is all all of these songs are covers. It's a cover album, um, and it's the second one that they did together. The first one was called Seesaw. Um, and um, yeah, um, as I say, on Joe's record label as well. Yeah, this one's called Saved. I used to smoke, I used to drink, I used to smoke, drink, dance a hoochie coo, I used to smoke and drink, smoke and drink and dance a hoochie coo.
yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, big voice. Yeah. It's nice. It, it's, it's nice to hear Joe Bonamassa playing that sort of style as well, instead of just as bluesy sort of bluesy stuff yeah yeah definitely nice. yeah um mm. and you know it's interesting you know although it's, it's kind of dual title definitely i mean you've got no qualms really about who's like front and center in this you know totally. he's definitely kind of taken a back seat and quite rightly so i think it's mm. you know full credit to him for, for for realizing like you know what i'm not the star of this piece like i'm just gonna take the back seat a little bit and play and that that said he's got some amazing solos in this obviously didn't play any of there but um is, is an incredible player yeah brilliant mm. blues guitarist yeah yeah so that's me black coffee yeah and yeah it's almost fun. like a um yeah, it was almost like a sort of soul kind of yeah. churchy one of those what a gospel very gospel kind of. yeah, 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 yeah. That last song especially great yeah brilliant oh i have to listen to that one martin yeah, yeah it sounds like a good album mm, very good so yeah, Glenn Thurston, 2018. What was your All album right. of choice, man? Um, tricky to choose from. There were some good ones, but I feel like there were some that I've already artists that I've already talked about. So um, I'm not going to talk about Marlon Williams because I think I've done that quite a bit. So yep, he had his fantastic record that year. Um, Courtney Barnett talked about Courtney before. Um, Courtney had a, a, a second album that came out that was fab. Um, and one of my fave bands from back in the 90s, The Breeders, also had a really cool album, and it was the original lineup from Last Splash as well. But I've picked um, Childish Gambino to talk about. Um, Childish, Gamb Childish Gambino is also known as Donald Glover. Um, um, Donald Glover is a, gosh, multi-talented individual. Um, he's written and directs and stars in Atlanta, I'm not sure if you've seen that TV show. Um, he's also been in um, Community. He was Lando Calrissian in the solo movie. The guy can sing, dance, rap, he's act. Freak. He's a freak. Yeah, he's a freak. Yeah, mm. he's absolutely phenomenal. Um, but it was in 2018 that I sort of became aware of the musical side of Donald Glover. I'd seen him on things like um, Community. Um I don't know if you've ever watched that zany sort of sitcom um, program, which was absolutely brilliant um, and really well worth checking out. Certainly got a bit of madness and lunacy in it. Um, and then um, this song dropped during the year, and it's called This Is America. Um, and I think it's... I don't think it's aged as well as I don't think it aged at all well. Um, um, however, I'm going to play a snippet from it. The video itself, I think, is probably the bit that actually um, was probably the thing that sold it more than anything else. Um, so we'll just cue that up now. Look how I'm geeking up. I'm so pretty. I'm on Gucci. I'm so pretty. I'm on Giddy. Watch me move. This is Sally. That's a tool. On my Kodak. Right. There's a bit more of that that goes on and some mixes it up. But effectively, you know, the song's really telling some pretty pretty tough sort of situations about being a black mm. person in America at 2018, which hasn't really, you know, got better police violence, et cetera, as before yeah. um, George Floyd and stuff like that. But the video is quite, quite rough at times, but yeah, and it's quite freaky. That sort of matches that sort of whole vibe. So I think it's got a mix. You've got to watch both of those together. Um, and then the sort of the music makes more sense and you can listen to the track, I think probably better um but the guys like can also do things like this this is called feels like summer mm -hmm. 
sort of that sort of R&B type mm. sort of sort of sounds as well, sort of mixing a whole range of different sort of different sounds together. And so he's certainly what I would call one of those ambitious sort of artists that's not afraid to try some things out. Um, and yeah, 2018 is, um, that was from the Summertime um, EP that came out that year, but yeah, also with that really edgy This Is America. So um, well, worth really an artist. compressed, really compressed Ooh. drum sound. You know that really totally. caught the air sucked out of it, eh? Yeah, absolutely. So, probably not our usual sort of cup of tea for these, you know, our normal sort of stuff that we listen to. However, um, I think that guy's really clever on so many different things he does. How do, I would man. expect no less from you, Glenn, actually. You know, on the show, I think you're the one that probably brings the most alternative sort of stuff to the table, which is quite nice, actually. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll take that as a compliment. Awesome. Um, yeah, no, definitely worth checking out. Um, mm. Yeah. Did you have another song off it or just a two? Um, I think the last one, again, was that sort of one's called Summertime Magic. all those sort of modern production tricks all over it um i think you know loads and loads as you said uh, compression uh, all sorts yeah. of effects are his vocals like that across all of it sort of that very processed vocal uh on some things yeah absolutely um again hard to pigeon can he can i haven't heard it. i should go onto youtube and see if he's got any live stuff well, when I hear that, it makes me want to, like, go and buy a Ford Cortina Mark II, put some yep. big bass bins in the boot, just wind down the windows and fucking make everything rattle. Like, make the road rattle. <laughs> people are standing next you to you. To. There are enough people that do that already. <laughs> yeah, but I want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, doof, doof, doof. Thanks, Glenn. That's amazing. What's the album called, mate? Well, that one's called Summertime um, Magic EP. Um, And then, yeah. um, Yeah, so didn't pick an album this time because I felt... Oh, it's just an EP, yeah. Well, the EP this time round because Mm. I'd covered those other artists, which um, I rate as well. Um, Mm. Yeah, cool. Leave me albums. That's awesome, man. Thank you, mate. David, I think we're on to you. How did you get on? Oh, right. Yeah, so... Like Glenn, um, there were some artists that I've covered previously. Um, Beths, for example, they had their debut album. Uh, Future Me Hates Me came out in 2018, but I've reviewed Expert in a Dying Field for 2022, so I didn't really want to touch on that. 
even though Future Me Hates Me is a stonking good album. I went for something a bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh chap by the name of Nathaniel Ratliff. Any of you guys heard him? Nathaniel well, Ratliff. Name sounds familiar, but no. He's Bulletin. um yeah, yeah. So he's from Missouri. Um he's about our age. He's 45, so a couple of years younger. Um, he's a late bloomer, this guy. So he he um he started off on the drums when he was about seven. So that, you know, he he's been in bands since he was about 10 or 11. Um, his childhood mate, um, who's got the most amazing name, Joseph Pope III. His childhood <laughs> mate, Joseph Pope III. You'd need a name like that if your best mate was Nathaniel. Oh, it's brilliant, isn't it? Um, <laughs> they've been mates since, I think, primary school sort of years. And, um, or junior school over there. And, Still are. Um, been through uh, thick and thin together. Um, Joseph Pope had um, testicular cancer when he was in his 20s and Nathaniel sort of, you know, when he was going through chemo, he shaved his own head to try, you know, just support the guy. And um, they've been in bands since they were little kids um, and they're still playing together. Um, Nathaniel's got this, um, he, he's a bit of a tortured soul. Uh, he, he, he makes a few comments on his on his YouTube and that, you know, he's always sort of battled the weight and uh, not obesity. He's, you wouldn't call him a, a beast, but he's a big fella. Um, and, and he says, I've never been skinny. And it's always kind of been a problem in terms of how others saw him. Um, he's not a showman. He's not, he's not a, no Freddie Mercury here, but you know, he was in and out of bands right throughout his twenties and even in his sort of thirties. Um, comes from a very gospel upbringing um and so those you know and this is sort of the genre is called soul and rock but heavily influenced with gospel and jazz as, as you'll hear shortly um 2015 he's 35 he has his breakthrough if you can call it that with um the release of his um debut studio album nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats. Um, the lead single off that is SOB, Son of a Bitch. It's a raucous fusion of soul and rock. I'm not going to touch on it here. It's not my sort of thing. A lot of clapping, definitely a, a concert sort of anthem song. Um, it's got a really catchy, hooky chorus. Talks about his struggles with alcohol. Um, uh, but that kind of propelled him into the limelight. But it's a second studio album in 2018 that I want to focus on um, called Tearing at the Seams, an album that he wrote when he was going through a marriage bust up dealing with alcohol, drugs and all sorts of crazy things in his life. Um, it's, it's got that big band sound. So we talk about the this, this music from the thirties, right? Um, so you can hear lots of brass, lots of trumpets, lots of jazz influence, especially in the, um, you know, syncopation, fancy word. The, it's all in the offbeat, right? All in the offbeat. And um, this track is called a little honey. It's really just about everyone needs a little honey once in a while. Everyone needs love. And I think the music video to this kind of shows people of all ages and sort of backgrounds need love. So this is a little honey from his second studio album, Nathaniel Radcliffe and the Night Sweats. There's like so that. many, there's I'm so many that. things you can pick out of that. There's so many different influences you can hear in that, right? Man, yeah, it is a bit of a fusion, but you know, it's it's rooted in the soul and gospel. Oh yeah, um, yeah. 
in his but, own way it's good yeah, in his own way. yeah. yeah. he's quite a departure from his earlier stuff with his other bands um a lot more jazz influence he brings in more of the brass and uh and and this song here the second song i'm gonna play for you which i just love it's called calling out um and i chose these two songs because they're kind of um at opposite ends of the spectrum right so that one there was kind of quite soulful quite um mm. got a good groove to it this one's a bit more up tempo a bit more happening but also has that big band sound so see what you think of this one it's called calling out this is track eight Liking that, yeah. His voice, his voice reminds me of someone, and I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. But yeah, I just love the, I love the guy's backstory. The fact he kept on at it, and at thirty-five, had his big hit, and then close to forty, he puts out this record, and he's put on, he's put on a few more since, and he just keeps getting better and better. And look, check him out, um, uh, Nathaniel Ratliff, love name that easily, you know, rolls off the tongue, um. And the night sweats, and and it's his mate, uh, John Pope, whatever his name, the third. Need John, to get us John Pope the third. No, what a great, what a great name! What a great name! Did, did you have a third song, bro, or just two? Oh, look, I'll put a little bit of this one because I really love the song. It's a little bit like yeah. the one we just heard, but see what you think. It's called "Be There." It's second track, um, on the album. See what you think. very good it's he's he sounds to me a bit like solomon burke that's who i'm thinking oh, of yeah when you're yep, baby yeah don't you feel like crying but obviously i don't sound like solomon burke but yeah nice voice interesting voice yeah i, I just i just looked him up on uh, on google yeah mm. he's, he's definitely got a face for radio yeah. <laughs> is he big fat, is he big fat and ugly with a beard like like he like me a, he looks like a trucker he looks <laughs> like he's, he looks a like a trucker. <laughs> he, he does but he's he, been he's been yeah. hauling, hauling for days. he does eh? he, he looks so so yeah he does look like i didn't mention country a lot of country influence coming through as well yeah um nathaniel if you're listening we're very sorry i'm sure you're a hell of a nice guy great album by the way great album (laughs) we love you (laughs) please don't hurt hurt us yeah i'll give you david's address later and um (laughs) thanks guys that's fantastic great uh it's been a blast 2018 
I chose this year because it's out of definitely out of my um, comfort zone and um, my comfort decades without any doubt. But, um, a f- you know, a few episodes ago, and our episodes for listeners that are just joining us or maybe new to the show, we've been doing it now for about a year. So we've covered a lot of ground in that year. And mm-hmm. a few episodes ago, uh, I do remember Glenn put something up there, which was by Anderson Pack. I did, I, I did. Yeah. And I've been, I've been listening to a little bit of that sort of stuff. And um, with the, with the, help off Spotify and algorithms and all that sort of shit. And anyway, other things link onto other things. And I heard this song recently. It was only about maybe three or four weeks ago, not long mm-hmm. ago. And because I'm such a dick and I'm a t- total dreamer, right? I dream. I actually walk around and dream about things in my head all the time. And, uh, if my mum has always thought I'm a dreamer and in a daydream mm-hmm. and I heard this song and I thought to myself, well, you know what? Just, just imagine if you were in, you know, really in love, right? And then that I'd listened to the whole album and I thought that's, this is, this is the album. If you're really in love, this is it. What a profound, weird thing to happen. And um, yeah, it kind of knocked me off my feet. And I'll give you the first track that I heard. Yeah. That just made me think, ah, oh, wouldn't that be a fairy tale? So here you go. This is a song by a young man called Leon Bridges. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And the song goes like this. I don't worry, don't worry, don't worry about people in my face. I hit them with the style and grace. And watch the ankles break. I know you wish, I know you wish I would fade away. But I got more to say. Lord, they pray. Let me slip through. Why you trying to hold me back? I. Don't you just nice. love that? Oh, what very awesome. nice. That bass part <sighs> all over the place. Like, Man, you you got to listen to the end of the song, Martin. Promise me, because the jazz lead in it is just sizzling hot. Man, this is a really really good album. It's thirty four minutes and forty six seconds long. The album, and it is excellent. It's um. It set me off on a thing, and I thought, damn. So, yeah, I'm walking around. I'm actually driving around listening to the album. What's it's, it called? The album, sorry, it's called um, Good Thing by, by Leon Bridges. Good Thing. Good good Thing. It was actually up for the, um, was it up for the mm, Best R&B Awards, I think, of the year? I don't know if it won or not, but, yeah, it was um, nominated best r&b album of 2019 but um i absolutely love the whole album it's just phenomenal and the next song i'm going to play for you now is a song that's called beyond and check this out Will she have my kids? Will she be my wife? She might just be my everything and beyond. I give up, I'm in love. 
Yeah. Oh. That riff at the end just went into like, my baby is a sensor fold, right? <laughs> <laughs> sure <time. laughs> yeah. Like an R&B version. Yeah. It's, I, uh... first, I first heard of him back in, what, 2015? And um, that album, right. yeah, it was called Coming Home. And I remember it was a very, more of a throwback sort of to the 60s sort of Sam Cooke sort of sound. Yes. But this this here is different. It's more it's more him, um, which is, I thought was quite good. It sounds, he's finding his own voice, which is quite choice. Yeah, the, the first, you, you're totally right there. I've checked him out, all the stuff he's done. Yeah, first mm. album's not bad. This album is a, a killer. If you like uh, If you like me and you like cruising around, daydreaming, about being wildly in love and uh, having just a wonderful time. This is a smashing R&B album, and it's not heavy R&B. It's right. there's a bit of funk in it. There's some jazz in it. There's some disco in there. It's very very cool album. Yeah. So this last song I've chosen is a song called "Shy," and again, it's one of the ballad more ballady ones. Um, don't be fooled. There's only about three ballads on the album but I hope you enjoy this So what I what I'm hearing is to my to my ears is like a really a really sort of catchy hook. There's a good lyric, there's good harmonies, there's good vibe and good feel in the music mm. and it's got all that, eh? Yeah, just it's tasty, man. It's a tasty damn album. Mm, yeah, good voice, the three, the three of you have all sort of picked quite soul sort of albums tonight, which is um. So good, it. my friend. Oh, so good. So good. So good. So thank you, listeners, for tuning in, and uh, our episode of two thousand and eighteen. Happy birthday, Charlie! If you're listening, not that I care that much, but happy birthday, bro. I used to smoke, I used to drink, I used to smoke, drink, dance a hoochie crew, I used to smoke and drink, smoke and drink.